You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. IFC is the first channel entirely dedicated to presenting independent culture, unedited and commercial free. Get immersed in our films, original series and docs, and don't miss our exclusive content at ifc.com. IFC, always commercial free and uncut. Hey, I'm Dan Savage, and you have successfully downloaded another installment of the Savage Lovecast, my weekly out loud version uh, for your uh, new iPhones. Hello. My weekly out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. Uh, you download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. And the phone number here, if you want to record a question for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. Let's get right to your fucking fucked up calls. Hey, Dan. Colin from Washington, D.C. I'm with a friend at the bar. Um, her ex-boyfriend has a, a bunch of her stuff. And uh, she, um, she wants to go get it back. She has a key to his house, and he's out of town. And he's been unwilling to, like, meet up with her and have her over to get it. Apparently, it was a pretty rough breakup. There was, like, someone sleeping with a stripper. She was fucking one of his friends. So it's not, like, the easiest situation. And I think she should just go over and discreetly sneak in. Grab her stuff. It's nothing big. It's just like a digital camera and some other things. And just never let him know she was there. Maybe even leave the key for him somewhere that he'll find it eventually. And she could get it back to him that way. So, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. I think it might be too late uh, by the time I get this response to you. Sounds like you need to go over there tonight. Yeah, totally. You've got a fucking key. He doesn't have a restraining order. He's out of town. He's being a dickweed about it. You know, maybe officially she shouldn't be in his apartment, but there's nothing illegal about it. It's not exactly breaking and entering. If someone that you've given a key to your apartment enters your apartment uh, to retrieve just their belongings, and then she should leave the key on the counter with a note that says, fuck you. Um, No, with a note that says, drop by, grab my stuff. Here's your key back. Thanks for the memories. Uh, But yeah, absolutely. I can't even believe you're debating this uh, in a bar. You should already be in her ex's apartment getting her shit. Hi, Dan. I'm a 23-year-old woman living in Philadelphia. And I was just wondering if you had heard anything about the new street signs in Philadelphia. There are these new street signs designating the neighborhood um, in Philadelphia. And they're just like the regular street signs, except underneath the number or the name of the street, there's a rainbow flag. And I live in the neighborhood, and I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, the Philadelphia Gay Tourism Caucus paid for it, so it's not taxpayer money. Um, but my mom, who also lives in the neighborhood, um, thinks it's pretty ridiculous. And, you know, am I going to have to move out now because I'm straight? Um, which I think is pretty ridiculous. But anyway, I was just wondering if you had heard anything about it and what your thoughts were. I'm afraid your mother does actually have to move now uh, that they put up the little street markers. You know, this is happening in some places in Chicago on Halstead, which is, I wouldn't say it's home to the gay community, but it's home to the gay community's many, many watering holes, which are all up and down Halstead between Belmont and Addison-ish. Uh, they, they put up some pylons with some rainbow shit on them. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, the problem... That, that does exist, though, is that gay neighborhoods tend to shift around a city. Like, what's going to happen when the gay neighborhood or the gays start moving from whatever is the gay neighborhood now in Philly to some other neighborhood? Just like the gays in New York moved out of the village and into Chelsea, and now I think they're migrating to Hoboken or something. Um, and in Chicago, the gay neighborhood went from, uh, you know, Boys Town to Lakeview to all the way up to Hollywood. You know, gay neighborhoods... 
move. And there's just a big story in the in the the New York Times about the gay neighborhood in uh, London has left Soho. Now it's some other fucking place. I'll find it next time I go. Uh, so that's my only issue with the gay street signs. Uh, if your mom has an issue with the rainbow, what you should impress upon her is there are plenty of gays and lesbians living all over Philly who are in what is now by default the straighterhood, who are living on streets that don't have the rainbow. Uh, where they are made to feel persecuted or just as alienated as your mother feels uh, from her very own street signs. Um, as oppression goes, uh, oppression based on sexual orientation, uh, what's being inflicted on your poor defenseless mother is pretty small beans, uh, and she should uh, suck it up and suffer uh, because gay people have suffered. Uh, and so you can tell your mother I said that. Hello, Dan. Um I'm a really big fan of the column. I actually read it for my psychology class, and it's freaking awesome. I love it. Um, I have a friend. Um, she's been my best friend for a long time. We've been best friends for about um, five years or so, and she's great. Um, you know, she, you know, she's a good girl. Whatever. Like, uh, we've always, you know, had a good time or whatever. And like, but recently, she, I feel like she's been experimenting with different things with different ideas, you know, we're second year, we're second year um, college students and stuff. So, you know, we started, you know, I, she started experimenting with some type of like drugs and, you know, she experimented a little bit with like alcohol and this and that, which kind of looks like alcohol poisoning. I mean, of course, you know, we're college students, we definitely have to experiment with things. Now, my question is, um, she um, is a straight girl and um, she's, basically always came that she's three. We actually knew a group of girls who were lesbians who were trying to get us to be lesbians with them. So we kind of used to make fun of them and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so basically for the past, like, two or three years, we've been making fun of these girls. Like, why are these girls basically trying to make us gay? Like, I mean, I mean, I feel like everybody should be respected for their sexual orientation. So anyway, my friend comes out to me about two weeks ago, and she's like, I've been talking to this girl for about a month now, and we really like each other, blah, 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 but we met on Facebook, and I haven't met her yet. So they're supposed to meet up, I don't know, maybe like two weeks from now, and I don't know, my friend's one of those people that like she gets with someone, and then like a month later, something happens, and then totally like fucks up. And it's like, you know, my friend's basically making fun of, like, I, I honestly, I feel kind of bad. Cause, I mean, we're really open-minded, but we were kind of making fun of these girls because these girls are trying to convert us. And honestly, I'm perfectly fine with it. I really don't mind. I'm really happy she found someone. But she's kind of like, uh, I feel like she might be doing it to experiment. And this is actually the first girl that she's actually kind of felt something for. But I'm not sure because she's kind of desperate for a boyfriend or an, an, a partner. So I feel like she might be kind of using this girl. I don't know if it's just me or if I'm just being stupid or whatever, but I feel like she might be using this girl and it might end up in a bad note. Um, should I tell her something? Am I just being nosy? Am I just being dumb? Hmm. So it's okay with you uh, if your friend experiments. I love how people say they're in college they're experimenting with drugs and alcohol. Like, like it's a lab you take in one of your science classes where you have experiments you're trying drugs and alcohol. You're enjoying drugs and alcohol. You're abusing drugs and alcohol. You aren't conducting 
double cross blind legitimate experiments with drugs and alcohol. It's fucking ridiculous. It's such a dodge. You're doing it. You're digging it. And it's okay with you. The drug and alcohol experiments with your friends are okay. Including uh, experimenting with alcohol to the point of alcohol poisoning. Let us have another experiment with the alcohol. But a little pussy eating. And suddenly you're wondering about your friend's sanity and her motives and the motives of this apparently feral pack of lesbians that's picking off the straight girls on your college campus. Uh, I I don't want to tell you to butt out. Like one of the things we need friends for, especially uh, in college, when we're experimenting, ah, 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 Igor, bring the brain so we can experiment on it with alcohol. One of the things we need our our friends for uh, in college when we're trying out new pleasures and bending our brains is to give us reality checks and to, you know, be the people who like tap us on the shoulder and go, you know what? I think uh, you need to stop experimenting with the beer. You experimented with 12 cans of beer already and it's time to maybe end the experiment before we wind up in the emergency room. Uh, And so you need your friends for the reality check. And so if you have misgivings, like you're there, you've seen these girls, you know what's going on and you know your friend. If you think that maybe it isn't just innocent, uh, you know, legitimate uh, pursuit of knowledge in the scientific field of eating pussy while you're at college, you should say something. But you should also look inside and make sure you're just not being kind of a homophobic cunt because it sounds like you might be a slightly homophobic uh, cunt. I use cunt in the most sex positive sense of the word Um, because, you know, you seem to think it's you know, you don't disapprove of gays and lesbians and you have nothing against gays and lesbians, but you seem to think it's something, there's something funny or ridiculous about these girls being lesbians and uh, that it's cool for you guys to make fun of them for being lesbians or being attracted to you guys and trying to make you lesbians too. They're just hitting on you. The boys hit on you. The girls hit on you. That's college. uh, And it's nothing nefarious about that, especially when people are young. You know, if when you're 35 and you're married and you have three kids, if a pack of lesbians kicks down your back door and starts hitting on you and refuses to take straight for an answer, that's total assholery on the part of the feral pack of lesbians. But when you're 19 years old and you just got to college, a lot of people who are lesbians don't know it yet, don't realize it yet, aren't out yet. And so girls who are lesbian identified don't necessarily have to take straight for an answer. They can inquire again and maybe ask you again later when you're drunk. They can ask a few times and hear no a few times. Share with your friend your misgivings, except that maybe you have a little homophobia deep down inside your soul, and also reconcile yourself to the fact that maybe your friend is a dyke or is bisexual, and this is part of the beginning of her coming out process, Uh, and then you're going to have to uh, realize that uh, the whole time you were making fun of lesbians, you were making fun of lesbians with a closeted lesbian, which is always a possibility. Dan, last week I think you were talking about uh, people eating crap. And um, many years ago, I read a book called Pink Panther, which illustrated the sort of um, interesting sexual mores or morales of the Japanese people. And apparently in that book, well, I read the book, and in that book, the author talks about a club in downtown Tokyo that is visited only by the most exclusive businessman. And what they get is a woman that craps on stage, on a revolving stage. And uh, the woman has to uh, prepare for this ritual for days by eating nothing but bananas. And the most difficult thing apparently is that she cannot pee 
which of course I think is a natural sort of urge to do. Uh, so she has to poo, uh, and and so that that poo goes onto a glass plate, and then each of the members sitting uh, around that circle, they have a tiny little silver spoon, and they partake of that of the grappola. Well, okay, this is from Japan, and I do not know whether that actually uh, was an invention of the author of the book or whether indeed he, uh, apparently he was not present, but he heard very credible uh, reports that this club existed. But being an American, I guess he was not sort of trusted to be to be present at one of these rituals. But so it seems that this is not something that just uh, happens in the quote-unquote, um, uh, well, Western world, the decadent Western world. It is not just us uh, that uh, have this fantasy. There seems to be other cultures too. Anyway, I thought you would find that interesting. What do you mean it's not just us that has this fantasy. I don't have that fantasy. I've never had that fantasy. Uh, and, and, you know, the decadent West. Or, sure, I know a lot of decadent Westerners. No one's ever offered to crap banana paste onto his plate, glass plate for me that I consume with a silver spoon. I don't believe it. I, I wouldn't believe it if it happened in front of my own eyes. I would assume it was some sort of acid flashback or flash forward. Who knows? I might be on acid at the time. And I was having a, a, a hallucinate. I was hallucinating. I can't even speak to your question. It's so revolting. Um, I don't believe it's actually happened. Uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past the Japanese. I guess they eat fucking raw octopus. But still, I think there are limits to even what the Japanese will do or how perverse the Japan they, they sell schoolgirl panties and vending machines on street corners for businessmen. But I still think that there are limits to how freaking perverse even the freaking perverse Japanese can be. So if the reporter who allegedly wrote this book that I can't find on Amazon or anywhere else online uh, wasn't actually present, I'm thinking maybe that they were pulling his leg. Some Japanese housewives told him this story because they wanted to see if the ridiculous round-eye reporter from America would fall for it and put it in his stupid fucking book about how weird Japan is. Because I'm sure the Japanese get sick of reading about how weird they are in books written by people from, you know, the West or, or America or Germany, where there seems to be a lot of interest in these Shiza videos and Shiza, Shiza, shit, Shiza stuff. There must be because South Park makes jokes about it, so it's got to be true. Whereas this is not true. Or maybe it is, but I just, you know, I'm feeling giving today, and I want to give Japan the benefit of every doubt where, where this poo-shitting lady in a club who's not allowed to pee onto a plate in front of businessmen gathered with little silver spoons to consume the banana paste. I'm just going to give Japan the benefit of the motherfucking doubt, and I'm going to emphasize once again that the only thing I wrote down listening to your call was it's not just us that have this fantasy. I don't know who the us is you're talking about, but I ain't one of them. Hello, Dan. Uh, My name is Angie. Um, I'm a 27-year-old bisexual and an almost four-year relationship um, with a guy who I'm probably getting ready to ask to marry me. 
Um, my concern right now is that lately I've been really craving being with a woman again. Um, it's been a while, and for a while there, that desire had kind of been sleeping, but it's reawakening lately. Um, my bisexuality is something he accepts, but he's uh, not really into it. He's a little homophobic, not in an asshole kind of way, just it doesn't really turn him on. Um, he doesn't mind seeing girl, girl in porn, but doesn't like the idea of me doing it. Uh, maybe you can help me wrap my head around that because I don't really get it, although I'm willing to accept that it's just the way he is. Um, I'm different. I'd love to see some hot boy suck my boyfriend's dick, but that's not going to happen. My main question is, uh, can I reasonably expect to be happy not acting on being totally hot for pussy for the rest of my life? I know a lot of people go through life without acting on their particular kinks, um, it's not really something that should happen, but it does happen, so my problem isn't really unusual. Um, but I'm wondering what happens to bisexuals who, who settle down. I don't want to end up going nuts at 40 and running off and doing something stupid. Um, should I have a last hurrah and go out and cheat on him, or should I push the issue of a three-way um, I've been involved in swinging a little bit in other relationships, and my opinion of it is that it's kind of what a lot of people do as a last-ditch effort to save their relationships before breaking up, and it seems to me that very few people seem to pull it off successfully. Um, uh, my boyfriend and I are both relatively GGG with each other, but... Uh, my question, I guess, is should GGG go as far as bringing another person into the bedroom? This issue has a bit of added urgency because we're moving to a small town where I might not be able to make anything happen without the whole town, uh, including his family, knowing about it. So, um, yeah, let me know what you think. Can you reasonably expect to be happy uh, by the time you're 40? if you haven't had any pussy to chomp on uh, in this marriage in a small town with a slightly homophobic husband who's stupid enough to marry a bisexual woman. Uh, no, I, I don't think you sound happy now about the state of affairs or non-affairs. Uh, clearly, there are some bisexuals, the bisexuals always tell me, scream at me, who are quite capable of monogamy and don't, you know, can live forever without whichever gender their long-term relationship is depriving them of always seems to be the same sex one that their long-term relationships deprive them of, but whatever, we're not going to go there. Uh, you don't sound like one of those people. You sound like you need a little action, a, a little hot girly action every once in a while, or you're going to lose your mind. It sounds like you're already losing your mind. So I would force the conversation with the husband. Uh, I would explain to him that either this is going to happen with his blessing or you, because you love him so much, are going to really try to toe the line and you really want to marry him and you really want to make him happy. But you know that human beings being what human beings are, that when opportunity presents itself at some point down the road, you're probably not going to be able to resist temptation. And so you need to have a conversation now about what it'll mean for your marriage when in 5, 10, or 15 years you cheat on his ass with another woman, which I guarantee you you're going to do. I think you're going to do it soon. I think you should do it soon. I think you should lay down some ground rules to him. You know, he's saying to be with me, it means you can't be with women ever. And you need to, you need to raise, you need to match that and raise it. You need to say to him, you are marrying a bisexual. 
you know, after you propose, I am bisexual. You're choosing to be with a bisexual. I have certain needs. I want to occasionally have sexual relationships with women. And that's what you're signing up for. And then you guys need to like have a little leg wrestling match about it. He says, if you're with me, you're signing up for just me. And you respond with, if you're with me, you're signing up for not just me with you. And then if it's a stalemate, maybe you shouldn't fucking get married. Maybe you should spare yourself the ugly scene and the ugly divorce and the ugly scandal when you're in a small town and all this blows up in your face. That's almost inevitable. I think you might want to work on him a little bit uh, on this issue before you dump him, before you run away. I know I made it all sound very dire, but here we go. It, there's an interesting disconnect between him finding girl-on-girl porn hot, but girl-on-girl in the room not hot. It's probably because he's threatened by the idea that if you know you meet some girl and you have a real rapport and you're sexually attracted to her, that you're going to leave him for her. It's a really understandable insecurity for a lot of people who are involved with bisexuals. And so they seek to protect themselves from that you know, eventuality from that fear by saying you're not allowed to sleep with anybody else of the same gender. A lot of people who are with bisexuals need to be told the truth. And a lot of bisexuals don't like to hear this truth, but here it is. Most bisexuals are only capable of falling in love with opposite sex partners, even though they are capable of being sexually responding to both sexes and are sexually attracted to their own sex. But that tends to be more of a sideline or a kink. Uh, Although it pisses people off when I say that, I'm saying it to you because you said it you said you know can people get through their whole lives without ever acting on their kinks and be happy i don't think they can i don't think you can um but i think you could maybe set him at ease if he understands that you're never going to leave him for another woman that this isn't something that you know fulfills you uh, emotionally uh, the way a relationship with a man fulfills you emotionally even though you find it sexually appealing and you want to be able to do it and do it with him And maybe, you know, he's opposed to it now. Maybe in five years, he won't be opposed to it. Maybe he'll grow and change. Maybe after a while, after you're married, although, again, I don't think you should be married until you can resolve this. Maybe after you're with him for a while longer, he'll see that you're not going anywhere and that he doesn't need to keep you on such a tight leash and he doesn't need to be afraid of your bisexuality and that he can let you have it and have you too. Do you know what I mean? I'm not making any sense uh, because it's late and I'm hungry and I'm not going to be able to eat because of the fucking banana call. But there's my advice for you. Don't marry him unless you do. And if you do, it'll be okay, but it probably won't. Well, that concludes another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Hey, they all can't be winners. It's a little hot in here today. Uh, I'm trapped in a very sweaty box with the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth who put together the podcast every week. And I think I'm a little delirious because I haven't eaten and now I will never, ever eat ever again because of the freaking banana call. But, you know, we all have that fetish, each and every one of us, secretly in our hearts, all of us. And we shouldn't feel ashamed of our want-to-eat-banana-poo fetish because apparently the Japanese have the want-to-eat-banana-poop fetish too. I'm sorry, my mind is still real. I'm trying to give advice to some nice bisexual lady who's about to make a huge mistake and marry some asshole who can't deal with it. And I'm just still spinning in my head is the banana crap call. I need to go lie down. The phone number here if you want to call us uh, and record a question for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. Uh, be sure to include your phone number in case we decide to give you a call back. We won't put your phone number on the podcast, we promise. Again, the phone number 206-201-2720. And you download the Savage Lovecast every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I'm going to go lie down. 
IFC is the first channel entirely dedicated to presenting independent culture, unedited and commercial free. Go to IFC.com for more info. IFC, always commercial free and uncut.